Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. As the people were filled with expectation, and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, Jesus answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water. The one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. And when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in a bodily form like a dove. And a voice from heaven came, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of God, Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I'm so happy we're celebrating this first Sunday after the Epiphany on the second Sunday. I didn't want to miss this one because I came from a church named after John the Baptist, and so I love this Sunday. Uh, he shows up, of course, other times. The Nativity of John the Baptist in the summer, June 24th. And, of course, he's the Advent saint coming with fire and brimstone uh, himself on the first or second Sunday of Advent. But I'm happy that we're celebrating this day. And over the years, I have used, as you can imagine, a variety of illustrations when preaching about baptism. Everything from that wonderful scene in It's a Wonderful Life, you remember when George and Mary take that unplanned plunge into the swimming pool, talk about baptism by immersion, to members, I don't know if you heard about this, but members of the polar bear clubs who intentionally take the plunge, often on New Year's Day in the coldest weather, by jumping into the closest lake or ocean. I've seen them do it down in Southern California. I've seen them do it into Lake Michigan. Uh, they're crazy, but that's the way they uh, start off the new year and again remind us the power of baptism immersion. A personal illustration, I hadn't actually used this before, but I remember um, it just came to my mind, uh, and it's maybe because I'm closer to Yosemite up here, but a personal illustration comes from seeing one of three John Muir quotes with a reference to baptism on a trail sign as I began one of the biggest things in my life, a seven-day, 40-plus mile hike from Tuolumne Meadows to the O'Shaughnessy Dam. This was the first Muir's March fundraiser to support the work of Hetch Hetchy. And I was so just kind of blown away when I saw uh, 
this reference to baptism as I'm putting my life in the next seven days into the hands of these trail guides and just six of us, seven of us into this, this uh, uh, wilderness experience. My favorite quote, and I think a timely one in light of today's gospel of, three, of John Muir's at least three quotes about baptism is this one. He said, heaven knows that John the Baptist was not more eager to get his fellow sinners into the Jordan than I to baptize all of mine into the beauty of God's mountains. But, considering where we are, I always like to look for illustrations close by to recall them. Consider we are just about an hour from Oracle Park. Two of the illustrations I want to use this morning come from one newspaper story published after the end of season Dodger Giant game a few years ago. It was the last game Dodgers legendary announcer Vin Scully called after 67 seasons with the Dodgers. So here it is, illustration number one. Quote, when Scully and his wife Sandy flew home from San Francisco Sunday afternoon after his last broadcast, a line of firefighters was on the runway as the plane taxied to a stop. Then, the trucks turned on their hoses and honored him in the traditional retirement spray of water. I hadn't heard of such a thing. I hope he was still on the plane when they did it. <laughs> well, today, we are celebrating the baptism of our Lord, which along with last week's visit of the wise men and Jesus' changing water into wine, which would normally be the gospel for today, are three special manifestations, three signs, three pieces of evidence, we might say, of Jesus' divinity. In contrast to the sprays from those fire hoses to celebrate Vinny's retirement, today we celebrate Jesus' baptism. Not the end of someone's career, but the beginning. This was the beginning of Jesus' ministry, which actually began after his 40-day wilderness retreat. But he came back and began his ministry. Next week's gospel, we'll hear about his first time in the temple preaching. My friends, baptism is a big deal. Baptism is not a casual invitation to, come on in, the water's fine, or a casual response. Well, that was nice and refreshing. Baptism is a big deal. All we have to do is look at the sixth chapter of Romans where we hear the urgent and powerful meaning of this sacrament that all Christians share, no matter when or where or how they were baptized. For surely you know, Paul writes, that when we were baptized into union with Christ Jesus, we were buried with him and shared in his death in order that just as Christ was raised from death by the glorious power of his Father, so also we might live a new life. Baptize, baptism is a big deal. It's not something to be taken lightly. It's not something, pardon the pun, to water down. Baptism gives us a purpose, a meaning, a ministry for life. As we remember our birthday, so we should remember our baptism date. If you don't, 
Just call the church where you baptized and they should have it on record for you. As we remember our birthday, so should we remember our baptism day each year. For that was our second birthday. Our adoption day into God's family. Our ordination day to do ministry. Our election day into the communion of saints. Martin Luther, not King, Martin Luther said, remember your baptism. And one quote I saw said, whenever you wash your face, remember your baptism. We might add, it's helped me through the years, remember who you belong to. Remember who you belong to. Some of you may recall the story about the lady who brought her cat to church to be baptized. It was blessing of the animals, but she got mixed up and brought her cat to be baptized. But when told by the priest that the church does not baptize cats, while wondering how she was going to control this cat during a baptism, the lady said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry to hear I was planning to make a large contribution to your building fund in Thanksgiving for Clarence's baptism. Well, the priest quickly replied, oh, I can do it. You didn't tell me that your cat wanted to be an Episcopalian. <laughs> the point of that story is to remind us that we are not baptized into a denomination, but into the whole body of Christ and inherit an amazing, diverse family of brothers and sisters of all nations, races, cultures, and tongues with a splendid smorgasbord of worship styles and different ways of understanding and sharing the good news. It is in confirmation that we formally choose a denomination and commit to those baptismal promises made on our, our behalf. So baptism is about joining this family, all these brothers and sisters that become part of our family when we're baptized, who may be even baptized in a very different way than we were. But we are family. We are family. And today, Jesus takes the plunge first, we might say, so that we might follow. Although he did not need John's baptism, for he was without sin, he insisted on it, for this is the way he would show right from the start, right from the beginning of his ministry, that he, was, he is with us in every imaginable situation we might face. He is with us at every step going forward. As the letter to the Hebrews puts it, quote, he had to become like us in all things so he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. I was reading in our uh, AAA, Northern California AAA guidebook um, and noticed that it said uh, of San Jose that there are 50 wineries in the San Jose area. Did you know that? I'm sure you've been to all of them. 50, and I don't know how wide that area is, but there's a lot around here, as you already know. So I thought author John Yates' illustration about baptism would be appropriate to share in this place. Quote, he says, take a nice, white, clean handkerchief and put it in a goblet of hearty red burgundy wine. What happens? The white handkerchief becomes fully identified with the wine as it absorbs it. When Jesus stepped into the Jordan River, it was his first official step as a grown man into the goblet of our lives. Our ills, our hurts, our burdens, our sins. 
It was like being dipped in the wine, and the pure white lamb of God was becoming drenched in the blood-red stains of the human race. Thus, he concludes, John the Baptist, and now we're talking about John's gospel, account of baptism, with prophetic vision, remembering perhaps the words of Isaiah 118, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be washed as white as snow, introduced Jesus to the crowd by saying, look, there is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It's not about me anymore, it's, it's about him. Oh, look over there. There's the Lamb of God who takes away, because he had his followers, he, had, he was pretty popular. But this was the day that he stepped out of that role and pointed people, as we always said in our congregation, named after John the Baptist, pointed people in the right direction. We're here to point people in the right direction. We can't do it all, but we can help lead people to the one who can. Someone once said, I can't remember the context now, years ago, that superficiality is one of the curses of our age. I can't remember exactly what else was said, but I think the point was something like, we spend too much time just skimming the surface, and there's a lot of surface to cover in life, and never go deeper. Well, staying on the surface is safe, but to find the real treasures in life, it seems to me, we need to look and we need to think and we need to go deeper, even at some risk. And so the second illustration from that newspaper article following the Dodger Giant game involved Vin Scully's friend, and I didn't know about this until I read this, his close friend, Willie Mays. The Giants on that day had unveiled a plaque in the press box to commemorate Scully's final game. Knowing that Mays is all, at that moment, that time was all but blind, Vinny gently took Mays's hands, this is the description of the newspaper, led him over to the plaque on the wall and ran Mays's fingers across the raised letters as he read them aloud. If that's not an illustration of one of the ways we keep living our baptismal ministry, keep taking, sometimes by the hand, and leading and pointing others in the right direction, as John the Baptist does in today's gospel. Look, there's the Lamb of God over there. But I don't know what is. As we renew our baptismal covenant in just a moment, may God help all of us to go deeper and remember our baptisms going forward. I'm going to write more in the shape. I just finished an article about these five questions we're going to be answer, asked and answering this morning. Don't have time today. Think about them as you do today. They're important. Jesus invites you and me to follow him into the water and to listen for the Father's voice above all the other voices that clamor and compete for our attention. Think about all the voices that clamor and compete for our attention in this life. Jesus asks us to listen to the Father's voice, as he did, above all other voices. You can imagine, come in, further, deeper. It's not too cold. You'll get used to it. Be still. Listen. Did you hear that voice? You, too, 
are my beloved son. You too are my beloved daughter. I am so pleased with you. I delight in you. You are my pride and my joy. We need to hear that on any given day. We need to hear that voice and those words often. Hearing that voice in our heads is not cause for concern, it's cause for celebration. Hearing that voice above all the others that drown our days can keep us focused on where true treasures are to be found, where real life is to be lived. To seize the day, to take the plunge, to go deeper and keep on growing is to hear God's voice of love and assurance above all the other voices we hear of anger and fear, arrogance and jealousy, revenge and bullying, to become over a lifetime, and when we hear that, we are beloved children, to become over a lifetime the children of God we were created to be, the adopted children of Christ we were baptized to be. So I want to close with a prayer by Michael Crichton, not, not the author of Jurassic Park, I don't believe. <laughs> That was the name, Michael Crichton. Let us pray. Lord, at your baptism, you looked up and saw the heavens open. Help us to look out and see beyond the dirty window pane to the wonder and beauty of life. Look up and see beyond the gray rain and reports of poor human behavior to hear the voice of love and hope of peace and health. Look in and see beyond the crabby character with clay feet to a forgiven and risen soul for whom Christ died. And look around and see in the ordinary the extraordinary presence and touch of God. Amen.